0: a calmness of being, cultivating, a calm abiding. And to acknowledge, I think it's important, to acknowledge that calmness is something that is cultivated and nurtured and developed in all things that we do. Sometimes it is really a question of learning how to rest, how to rest in each breath, how to rest in each step that we take, how to rest within our actions, how to rest within each moment, so that our bond, our connection with our breath, with the steps that we take, with the actions that we engage in, is a relationship of receptivity, of a clear attentiveness of a wholeheartedness. It is helpful, I think, especially in the first days of a retreat to very consciously be cultivating a certain stillness of being. There many of you come into a retreat from um, lifestyles and activities which <clears throat> demand and involve an incredible amount of busyness of meeting deadlines, of doing things quickly. Um, none of that really applies here. And it is possible to very intentionally to let go of the busyness and to focus instead on cultivating a stillness of being. Because here there is, there are not many tasks for us to respond to, not so much that needs to be completed, not so much that needs to be done. Our task here is very, very simple, just to be present, just to be attentive. Being aware in, in cultivating that stillness as we go through our day here today. Of letting go of, you know, urgent projects that need to be done. Of letting go of, you know, feelings of impulsiveness. You know that now I must go and have a drink now. I must go to my room now. I need to go here or to do some one, one thing or another. To cultivate within our days a certain quality of letting go. What is really needed in this moment? What is really asked of me in this moment? And certainly our thoughts, our minds can probably produce all kinds of things that would be very interesting to do, to, to check out, to look at. But to come back, what is really needed? What is really asked of me in this moment? And perhaps it is enough just to be present with what is already with us. Now, as we cultivate or begin to cultivate a calmness, a stillness of being, this won't mean that all things within us and around us will come to stillness. In fact, it is the experience of many people that as we begin to sit, and to be more still, there is almost a feeling of our inner world actually speeding up. There can be the experience of feeling that we suddenly have more thoughts than we have ever had before. More more body sensations, more things to listen to, um, more movement taking place within our mind. And it is really not uncommon to feel that, you know, I was actually quite a lot calmer before I came on retreat. And suddenly I get here and there's all of this this activity. It is not, of course, necessarily that there is more. But our awareness actually comes to life very quickly. And that awareness also introduces us to the actuality or the experience of how much we can live in a mind-dominated world, in a world that has always been interpreted or concluded about. This is the time when it is important to apply a very gentle patience, to let all things be. We are not asked here to make our inner world perfect, to fix it, to modify it, to uh, force it to conform to any particular image, just to let it be, to let it be. Attentiveness in itself is actually a practice of letting go, a practice of non-dwelling. As we find our attention drawn into thinking, into memories, into fantasies, into plans, we don't need to judge this in any way, just to notice it, to be present, to be attentive, and to let it be, just to come back. To the next breath, to restore that bond with this moment, rather than being lost in any kind of wandering or dwelling. That cultivation of attentiveness is a practice of renunciation, of trust, that we don't always need to find the answers, to let things be. Um, I would like to give you a slight, you know, small preview of some of the mind states that can arise, especially in the first day or two of a retreat. Um, hopefully in giving you this, this brief preview that if these mind states should arise, um, you know, you won't panic. You'll say, oh yes, you know, this is what happens, this is part of making this transition. One of the mind states that can arise in the first day or two of a retreat is the mind state of, I've made a mistake. I've made a mistake. This is actually not what I need. I actually need to be on vacation. I actually need to be attending to my relationship. I actually need to be completing my my schoolwork or this project I've got going at work. But I don't need to be here. And then, of course, part of this mind, and this is actually, you know, very frequently arising the first day of retreat, is now that I've made this mistake, how can I get out of here with, you know, with some semblance of dignity, with not looking like I've just failed or blown it or, you know, being a total disaster. Some, for some, it takes several days to actually get to that point of unpacking their suitcase, of knowing whether this is where they're going to be for the next week. Another mind state that arises is the mind state of isolation. And this, uh, I might mention for those of you who are new to retreats, this does tend to arise more when we are not so familiar with retreats. And in the mind state of feeling isolated, the general thought pattern that comes is, why is everyone so serious? Everybody looks so miserable and, you know, withdrawn, and, you know, I feel so abandoned, and nobody's smiling at me, you know, and I would do anything for just a smile, just a look from someone. Another mindset that arises is the can't do it mind. And that especially comes, you know, when we sit in the meditation room and everybody seems to be having such a good time except for us and everyone looks so comfortable and relaxed and seems to know the form and just flows along. And inwardly we're feeling, you know, I'm just a disaster. Um, I can't do this, I don't have the right spiritual credentials, you know, I needed to do something easier first. This is one that arises. The other (coughs) mindset that commonly arises in the first day or two of retreat, of course, is the mind of busyness. That wants to fix everything, you know, that's really kind of on alert, and it notices all of these things that need to be corrected, you know, in the kitchen, and in the maintenance, and in the housekeeping, and in the rooms, and you know, everything needs to be fixed in some way. Um, and in that mind, of course, there's a real temptation, you know, I've got to write a lot of notes, you know, why, why haven't the people on staff noticed, you know, that you know, this could be a lot better if they just did this, if they just put a little less salt in the food, or if they, you know, had a different setup in the meditation room. It's the very, very busy mind. And it is important to remember that here we don't have a special meditation mind. We do meet the inclinations and habits of our lives. And it is not that you know, there are special solutions. I mean, these mind states can be very, very convincing. But there are not special solutions or or special prescriptions or special answers. Part of this is the dance of the mind that is really not so convinced of being at ease and aloneness, that has doubts that, is not always at ease within ourselves, you know, and when we are not at ease within ourselves, of course we are not at ease anywhere. But it is not that we have to do something special. In this first day or two of the retreat, all that we are asked to do is to let things be, to cultivate calm abiding, to cultivate a kind and gentle attentiveness, On the other side of all of this dance of transition, the dance of resistance, there lies the possibility of a great depth, a great peace, a great sense of connectedness and intimacy. It will come. It will come to us. The Buddha once said that this is the path of happiness that leads to the highest happiness. And that path of happiness means that happiness is not just a result of doing meditation. It's not just a result of practice. But it lies within our approach, our willingness to welcome, our willingness to be present, to open and to embrace this moment with everything within it, to hold it within a kind and non-judgmental attentiveness within that willingness to welcome, we find a quiet happiness, a quiet peace that is always there in non-resistance, in not struggling. Again, in the city, as I mentioned yesterday evening, to allow our breathing to be our anchor point to this moment, our place of connectedness, our place we might say we we established our our sense of being at home. Here we can feel this, we can feel this breath, we can experience this breath. But to also cultivate an equality of attentiveness, not a hierarchy of attentiveness. Not feeling that, oh yes, it is the right place to be is with the breath and everything else is incorrect or wrong. Your attention will be drawn at times to other aspects of your experience. This is not a a failure, not a mistake, to cultivate an equality of attentiveness. Here I am just listening, just feeling, just sensing, just thinking, returning to the next breath so that we have that sustained connectedness Within your breathing, not trying to in any way alter or control what is happening within your breath. It is not so much of being in charge of your breathing, but to be present within it, to be attuned, to be clearly attentive. There may be moments when you get lost. You know, when you simply get lost in thoughts, plans, ideas, the moment that you notice it, that moment of awakening is another moment of connectedness. Just to begin again with the next breath. So in the beginning of the sitting, again, just checking in with your posture, with your body. Do you feel comfortable, at ease and balanced? Is sensing the stillness and alertness of your body, and sensing the movement of your breath within your body, and cultivating a calm, clear attentiveness.